Hi, everyone. It's Thursday night, 9 o'clock. Time for the Handicap Rugby Chat That Matters. And tonight, it's all about Sevens Rugby, and in particular, the Hamilton Sevens. So we're getting going this weekend with the first leg of the new year, but the third leg, I think it is, of the series. So we're going to have a couple of, well, three betting experts, and, and certainly guys are very strong on their Sevens to talk to us about that. So looking forward to it. If you are in South Africa watching, well, you're going to have, probably have a few late nights if you want to watch the ladies games i see they starting sort of just before midnight tomorrow but those i know are something that sean nicholas who i'm going to introduce first is not that keen on from a betting angle sean welcome to the show great to have you back on to talk about the hamilton sevens and safe to say you're focusing on the men's draw yeah definitely that that woman's that's not that's just that's a lot yeah that's not good to watch it's a lot of mistakes <laughs> and rather focus on the boys eh? That's it. And you certainly, I mean, uh, you got off to an absolute cracking start to the series from the betting point of view in both of the first two legs in Dubai and South Africa. So looking to carry on that form. And, and before we get into the games themselves, you had an opportunity to study a bit of form. I see there's some betting out. Yeah, just, you know, the main news is team news. That's quite critical. But the squads have been finalized officially, but there's a lot of, you know, a lot of the individual um, teams have on their media pages, they've said their squads. But there's still some that we don't quite know if they're strong or weak. Um, but yeah, there's been a lot of time to, to see who's, who's going to fire this weekend. Excellent. It's going to be interesting. Well, let me introduce uh, son of a punt, uh, the, the two lads, Jordan and Andrew, who were on the show last week to talk about European rugby. They did very well. The Saints coming in there, guys. I'm sure, like like me, you were a little bit worried when you saw the team selection of Leon there, I think it was. And, and I mean, my money was down. I had no choice but to, to, to really sit tight at that point. But there was big money the other way. But at the end of the day, they, they came home with a, with a thrilling finish. No, what can I say? Up the Saints. It does seem to do the bits every weekend. Now it's, I almost want to carry on backing them, but at some stage they must falter because they. Have, I think they've cleared almost every handicap for the past couple of game weeks now. It's, and it's been incredible to to watch and to bet on. Yeah, it's nice when you can find when you find something and you sort of like you just follow them. I mean, I know Sean does it often in the sevens as well. He'll pick a team like Kenya to either oppose or go for. And uh, yeah, lots to look forward to this weekend. Of course, guys. The sevens, I mean, I know you're studying hard at business school and that there, but I assume you've had time to put a bit of research in. Yeah, we, we, we've done our research, put the books aside for the week. Uh, and yeah, we, we've invested some time into uh, what will really pay some, hopefully pay some dividends. Excellent. Yeah, well, I, I mean, you guys have got a nice following there on, on Twitter now as well. So let's get into the action. And Sean, I'm going to start with you. Hamilton sevens, we've got the... We've got a new format that's being used there. If I'm not mistaken, 36 games instead of the usual 45. And what we got is the top four teams going straight through to the semifinals. Had a look at the groups. Is anyone in particular you think, uh, or any, any group in particular that stands out as the toughest for you? Yeah, I think that's, you know, the, the sad thing with this, it's, it's yeah, I made a mistake before, it was there's 34 games now instead of the 45. So you're losing, you know, the, the cup quarterfinals, which is always... You know, nice get out of jail for some of the some of the teams. I mean, they could afford to have a, an off game in in the pool play and then still get through the cup quarters, and you know, you could still make the final, still win the tournament. But now it's you know, lose a game and you pretty much that's you for the weekend. You know, you're playing for for minor honors, so it's it's going to be you know interesting to see how the the pool goes, the pool play goes. You know, how the will the bigger sides smash the smaller ones? You know, will they save themselves for the later games? You know, just interesting to see. But the toughest group, definitely Pool B with Fiji, Argentina, Australia, Samoa. It's, you know, Fiji are head and shoulders above the rest there, but the, the others, each of them on their day, you know, they could spring an upset. So that's going to be a, a tough group for, you know, I feel sorry for Samoa there because those are those are three tough games that they're going to have. They don't mm. have any easy games in that pool. 
And guys, your 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 view uh, about this new format? I mean, I guess as a rugby punter, you want more games, not less. So yeah. uh, I'm guessing you're also not in favour of it. Yeah, it's a bit disappointing as well. And uh, I think the, the teams and players and coaches as well are extremely disappointed. Um, I think they're hoping that it will revert back to the the, the initial uh, format. Um, but yeah, obviously from a betting point of view, it's disappointing because often you do get those mismatches or teams that you can back in the quarterfinals. And it gives you, I suppose it gives you another shot uh, if, if, if things don't go too well uh, in the last game of the morning. I think it could potentially open up uh, an interesting angle on betting with the best-ranked second team, though, because if it comes down, I think the teams that know they're going to finish second and they can't potentially top their pool, they're going to go for bullish wins against the Minot team. So from a betting angle, it could be quite lucrative in that sort of sense. But from a spectacle point of view, it's, it's not great to cut off the quarterfinals, of course. Yeah, interesting that there's always a betting angle to everything, isn't there? And I'm sure just to bring you in there, I know we had some chat earlier today about things like total points and stuff like that, you know? Whether, whether teams in a tight group would have to go and try and work on the points difference. So I guess the whole idea here is to try and stay one step ahead of the bookmakers. Exactly. I mean, the, the way it's going to be, the top four, you know, they qualify for the cup. And then from five to, you know, five to eight, they're going to see the best, the second teams based on how they finish. So the, the best performing second side will be the fifth seed, you could say. And then it'll go like that. So, I mean, you could get a, a team, same points, same weekend, but they the one finishes, you know, one's in the five, six playoff, one's in the seven, eight playoff. So it's a, it's going to be interesting that last, that last day, you know, the last game in the pool play, that'll be interesting to see how, how big the guys go to get that, you know, the, the points they need, the differential. Oh, just to welcome the guys on the live chat, we've obviously got the YouTube, which is where most of our audience sits, but also there on Facebook and Dan van Straten saying in Afrikaans, Dinkiela, the Kings, Handy, Cheetahs, Ven. Dan, we're going to talk about that one in a little bit. I can tell you what, though, I'm thinking very much along those lines and I'm looking forward to seeing what the other guys say about that. Right, let's uh, get on to the sevens itself. And uh, guys, let me start with you. On the outright front, I see New Zealand are favourites for this tournament with the Blitzbok a second. Have you guys spotted any outright value or are you focusing purely on the matches? Yeah, um, obviously we, we we look into the outright value because often there's there's a team that you might be able to get at some nice juicy odds. However, um, it's it's tough to look past, you know, the, the three big guns of South Africa, Fiji and New Zealand. And uh, as uh, Sean mentioned in his post on Good for the Game, um, Fiji are destined to meet New Zealand in the one semi and South Africa are destined to meet France in the other semi. Um, so the value definitely lies on the South Africa and France side. Um, and in saying that, the 10, the 10 to 1 price on France is good. However, the way that we kind of price the games um, based on winners and stuff, we think that it probably should be a little bit higher, maybe around 13, 14 to 1. And therefore, we think if you just bet outright on France to win each and every game, including the final, you could probably get a slightly better price than 10 to 1. So we stayed away from an outright pick um, just because I think Fiji are strong again this weekend and I think they, they'll have a lot to show. I mean, they consider this their home tournament. So I think it's it's, it's going to be a, it's gonna be a, a tough one. I, I don't know who's going to win it. Yeah, from my point of view, I don't really like to go on outrights just because the big teams that I think are going to win it are such low odds. But as a fun punt, I might throw a couple handy on Kenya outrights um, South Africa have quite a small team and Kenya might have been dominating them up front. So 76 to 1, it's worth a bit of beer money on it. But I'm not going to, the main investing is going to be coming in the matches for me. And Jordan, I imagine the same for you. You don't often talk about the outright plays unless you spot some serious value. Our good friend Oracle Rugby, who has gone into hiding after a, a bit of a woeful run, but he used to go quite big on the outright. And the one time I remember him finding Australia at something like 25 to 1. 
Anything jump out for you? Yeah, I think France are. I'm surprised you don't have your France shirts on today. You know, I thought you're, you know, you're getting geared for the Six Nations. I thought you'd have that. It doesn't that anymore, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the France, based on the the fact that the the big three are, you know, New Zealand, Fiji. That's one of them are out. So that's a, you know, that's that's. Uh, you can pick one. You can do both of them. You can argue for both sides on the day. That's going to be the final score that that wins that match. You know, that will go down to the Hooter. Then you know, you look at the South Africa side. Um, you know. The, the, Kenya could make the top the top the pool there with South Africa because it's not their best team. So France, the way that they're playing, they beat Fiji last week or last, you know, in Cape Town. So they, they've got something this year, and that's um, yeah, they've just got good players, a good mix of everything. So I think them as a little dark horse is is, is a good one. Excellent. Well, let's get into the matches then, Sean. I want to start with you, and we'll run through sort of two games at once. We'll talk about two, then we'll go down to the other guys. So the first game I want to bring up is Ireland up against against Canada, and I just want to check, I am looking at the at the men's draw. So Ireland up against Canada, and here we got Ireland minus five and a half. Yeah, I think I fancy Ireland there. I think that that's a good, you know, they're coming and they've still got the, the new, you know, just coming to the series, they've got a new vigour, they've got, you know, they're really committed, they're playing inspired stuff, that Jordan Conroy, he's he's probably one of the fastest players on the on the series, and they just, you know, like the way they play, and I think they'll just be a bit on the up, you know, we saw in, in Cape Town that they, they start tournaments well, it's that third game, you know, that where they get a bit sticky, experience comes, you know, tired legs, and that's where experience on the circuit comes into play, but first game, you've got to take, you've got to take Ireland for me. Right, and the next game, Sean, is France uh, up against Spain. And here we got minus 17 and a half France. I'm looking, I mean, I'm I'm assuming a few of the bookies are priced up. I'm on World Sports Betting. That's WSB.coza for those who do want to check these prices. 17 and a half, Sean. Yeah, that's quite high. You know, that's, that's geez, that's just a little bit high there. I, I would uh, I would leave that one alone or maybe look at Spain there. I don't, you know, I just think that's, that's four points too high. Right, guys. Take us through those opening two games, the Irish and the French games. Yeah, it's, it was tough for us because Ireland have been playing such good rugby and been winning us a lot of handicaps as of late. But for some reason, I think the Canucks have just got so much experience here. As Sean said, the experience only comes in in the third game, but they've also got two player returns through Andrew Koo and who else was returning there? I think um, Lucas Hammond as well. So I don't know. It's just I think it's one of those games that could go either way. And it could be a two points or five points in it. So although I think Ireland could win, I think it's going to be a one-scoring play. So for that, for me, I'd rather be on the plus side there. Um, so for me, it's a bit of a coin toss. Yeah, I mean, as, as great as uh, the rugby Ireland have been playing, I'm the biggest Ireland advocate on the sevens, and I've been jumping on all of their outrights and pluses. Um, but yeah, Canada don't like to lose by too many. Um, and they've been keeping it close, and they've, they, they have had a run of tough games where they've been basically been playing Fiji, New Zealand, you know, game Argentina. and game on Argentina. So I mean, and I think that maybe this might be their their, their week to turn it around. Um, but yeah, let's see. And then yeah, in the France-Spain game, look what we were thinking is that I mean, France, the, the group. Um, I think it's the second, probably the second toughest group, the one with France, Ireland, Canada. You never know with you know who can do what in that type of group. So we thought that France might target this game against Spain, you know, just to uh, you know get some security just in case they have a little uh, slip up. Um, you know, against Ireland or Canada. So I think they might target this one. And uh, the Spanish coach is also quoted saying last week that uh, their goal is to get as far away from Wales as possible. So I think they're going to make sure they know which games they can win. And I think they know they can't beat France. And for me, France know they can hammer Spain. And for me, that logic leads towards a minus. Especially okay, on this well, new pitch in Hamilton. 
fast new pitch and how. Lisa, I was reading about the new pitch that we could. I don't yeah. know who, if it was you guys or someone putting it up, putting it on the yes. forum. I think about the fact that we could get some some running rugby there. Um, guys, we'll stay with you then for the next two games. Uh, Kenya up against England. Uh, Kenya here plus six and a half. I think Kenya at plus seven and a half would have absolutely grabbed it up and put it in the basket. Um, England have a pretty weak side this tournament, still missing some big names there. So we are still a fan of the plus six and a half with the pretty decent confidence. Would have loved a seven and a half to find it somewhere in one of those uh, bizarre bookmakers like ESPN or something like that. But I think we're going to have to settle for the plus six and a half and we, we still like it. Also with Collins and Jira back, um, and also England down without De Carpentier, Glover, um, and a couple others to, to mention. Um, I, I, I like the, the Kenyans and potentially even on an outright. Um, but yeah, I think we have you at the plus 6.5 there. Right, and then, guys, it uh, goes on to South Africa against Japan. Uh, Blitzbox, you'd expect to get a big win here, but the handicap is high, 35 and a half points. Yeah. What's that? They need to score like eight tries or something? It's extremely high. It's probably about six tries, um, considering how good our kicking is, although uh, we yeah. We've had some uh, we've had some arguments on or oh, listen to you guys talk about um, South Africa's kicking on the previous show. I think it was in Cape Town, and then Kadalt went to go slot seven from seven from the corner. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, um, it depends what team Japan uh, send out. And honestly, we haven't been able to find any Japanese team news. So if you guys have anything, we're very interested to hear. But if Japan can produce a half decent side, considering they sent a horrific side to Cape Town, a sacrificial lamb type side. Um, we're pretty keen on the plus 35 or plus 34, whatever it is. But obviously, this was all dependent on team news, and we found absolutely nothing on Japan. Yeah, I've been I've been on Twitter sending personal messages to the Japan Sevens players, asking asking what the team is for for the weekend. But there's absolutely no information you can find. So, yeah. You guys remind me of myself when I was younger, <laughs> trying to find out. <laughs> now I've got kids and that. Geez, you don't have time to do all of this stuff anymore. But Sean, I know you got kids, but you still somehow find the time. Take us through these games: the Kenya game and the South Africa game. Okay. Well, the first one. I mean, England. They get Rodwell back. Uh, not Rodwell. They get um, Tom Mitchell back. He's back, which is quite a big thing for them. But the major thing is that Simon Amor, their coach, he was the the head of the the sevens for both the men and the women. He's actually been left. And he's he's um, gone on to Eddie Jones. He's I think he's an assistant manager for for Eddie Jones. So that's a um, quite a big thing on their side losing their coach. I think Rodwell's going to take over, and you know he was a great player, had a lot of guts, but I'm not too sure of him as a coach. So that's going to be interesting to see what the you know how England play and and how that's how that affects them really. And then you've got Kenya on the other side. I I just you know I think that they one of the favourites. You know if you're not a I think they get more fans from the other countries because of the way they play you know they just got passion they just believe the fans always jumping up and down so they're a great side to to watch i think kenya can actually beat england on on day one i think that they're going to target that and i think that's that's upsets on the cards for you know the best all the games that's the biggest upset potential for me and then if you go to the south africa japan game i saw you nodding quite a bit when the guys were talking about the handicap i know henrik was i think saying that he thought the handicap looked a bit high for that game against japan yeah it is high i mean you look at the south africa they've lost They've lost half their squad. If the you know they lost Ronal, they had Sage, Sanatla, um, Speckman, who Speckman's the best. You know he's been the impact player of the whole season. So and he's uh, he's out. So they're basically half the side that that was in the first two series. So I think you're looking at some, then they're just being overvalued. You know as such they they not they I just think that that should be under 35. You know if at minus 34, then you start thinking okay wait a second, but the 35 it's just it's too high for me. So also depending on what Japan 
team they select. Um, but I'd be on the on on them definitely. But looking at Japan, I just read something that they targeting the Tokyo Olympics. They I think they're starting now with their preparation for the Tokyo Olympics. I don't think they they looked at the first two tournaments. It was after the World Cup in Japan. They thought you know let's give give everyone a rest and then we'll start in the new year and we'll we'll you know gear up to Tokyo 2020. So I think that's. I'm hoping that they they name a better side. They can't possibly name a worse side. So you know you've got to think that they'd keep it under 35 against South Africa. Okay, excellent. Ragabaga, we'll stay with you then for the next uh, group of matches. Argentina plus five and a half against Australia. It's a big one. This. Yeah, this is a sure. This is a this is a tough one. I mean, you can. Uh, it's a. Argentina are the the mongrels of sevens. I mean, they play horrible rugby. They spoil everything. They, you know, they just, just they're not nice to watch, but they get the job done. And if you look at the the head to heads between the sides, they seem to like, you know, take one one side win, one side loses. You know, they go one one. That's how it seems to be. So it's always pretty close. And I think that the I'd be looking at the plus on that. I just think, um, you know, if it was seven and a half, I'd be all over it. But the five and a half, I'm, I'm happy with that as well. Right, and then the other game there, Fiji up against Samoa. Uh, Fiji, I've always considered quite slow starters, and that, that will probably have to change a bit now, given the format. But they've minus 14 and a half against Simone side, Sean, that I suppose hasn't really been at their best over the last probably four or five years, but has shown a little bit in recent times to suggest they, they, they're they capable of causing an upset. Yeah, this is a, a tough, you know, these sides, they, you know, this is like a, a derby match as such. I mean, these are, are rivals, you know, they're they, next to each other, they the sevens win Samoa won there at their peak you know Fiji always gave them a good game and it, it seems to always be tighter than it than it should and I think you know this two tries I think that's too high I think this will be settled by between 10 and 14 points so I think you know you've got to back Samoa yeah they're getting some experienced players back um and they did look you know they showed glimpses of of what they can do that Joe Perez is is brilliant um but in saying that Fiji also Fiji are Fiji so you know but they are slow starters I would lean Samoa on this one right Samoa on the plus there leaning in that direction which means sean's not exactly flying into that one son of a punt uh, what do you think of those two games the argentina and fiji matches so for the australia one um they've just sent in such a strong team they've got maurice longbottom back ben o'donnell they got captain maloof back as well so they've got some big names returning to the side i agree with sean though that argentina love to stick around and they often somehow manage to get the job done so i think in round two and three will be strong argentina plus advocates just due to the fact they were bottom outright for the pool so we should be expecting a plus against Samoa and Fiji and I'll jump on those Argentina pluses but for me with this Australian team and trying to come back out firing off the poor tournament in Cape Town probably going to be on the minus five and a half for the Australian game yeah although Argentina squad is very strong um and you know they bring the same they, they basically got the same squad as they had in Dubai and Cape Town and obviously they, they love to keep it close um, yeah, it's going to probably be a small bet on the Australia minus. I think also probably their time to to return to uh, their winning ways after a poor Cape Town tournament. And then what's the other game? Uh, PG Samoa. Yeah, and then PG Samoa. Yeah. Um, look, I think Samoa have got some some big players back. Um, Afamasanga. Yeah, Afamasanga. Um, Lulia. Yeah, Sioni. Um, and I think uh, we, we read an article that said they've been working very hard on their discipline. Um, so I don't know what that means for Samoan, but uh, <laughs> hopefully it means they can go a game without getting a yellow card. And I think if they can do that, they should be able. I've seen 15 and 16.5 around. Um, so yeah, I think we 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 firmly in the plus plus there. Um, as good as Fiji are, I think they know they'll take their three wins and move to the semi-finals. 
Yeah, just on that Samoa thing as well. I mean, they had that that measles outbreak, which was quite hectic. You know, the first two tournaments that came out, the first one, and then you saw all the the Samoans. They really geared up for that first tournament, but then the second one kind of caught up with them, and they they weren't just there. You could see that obviously they're worried about a lot of people back home. So I think that's all been cleared up, and I think that they're gonna you know come back and you know Gordon Titchen's best best coach that's ever graced the sevens circuit. You know, he he's had them since you know they said that they trained extremely hard over the festive season so i think that he's got them you know on the discipline side i think he knows that the the Samoans, the fijians they're yellow card you know merchants basically and he if you know if he can stamp that out then they could be a lot more competitive so i think that they'll keep this tight with fiji all the way sean a general comment here before we go into the last two games uh, listening to both of you guys and i know you, you 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 often come out very very bullish on some of these early sevens lines but I'm getting the feeling that, yeah, that um, the bookies are, are not far off the market a lot of these. It's, so far, we'll talk about the last group, but there's, there's nothing that's standing out that there's uh, empty out. Nothing yet, eh? which is quite sad. But, you know, you've got to uh, When you said nothing yet, I thought you meant it's coming in the next two games. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I saw that, that early. Sorry. So yeah, that, that early stuff, I mean, there was a, for um, New Zealand, Wales, I saw that some of the overseas ones was, 27 points which was well that would have been great but i see it's 33 now this side so you know this i think everything opened and then settled quite quickly so yeah and the south african yeah. bookmakers seem very scared at the moment i mean they, they they're almost too scared to bring out their own markets and you know try and uh, show us that they can create markets themselves so they wait for uh, probably bet 365 and then they go and copy paste bet 365's uh, <laughs> markets and points and I'm fine if they want to do that, they can do that, but it's no fun for us here. It doesn't leave us with any, uh, you know, I think Brett 365 priced them very well, let's say that. And I think they some tough ones to call. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and guys, um, fair to say then, I mean, sometimes the opportunities in sevens then come in between rounds where there isn't a lot of time, where the bookies have to price up. You've got to, you may be a quick turnaround time, and, and, and that's where you've got to be alert and, and, and onto it. And, you know, assuming we're not finding any massive prices this round, would you guys be following that strategy and trying to trying to see where the big handicaps uh, or the big plays are in the other rounds? Yeah, yeah, we're going to add there at some point in the show that the first round's been priced extremely well, and we're actually looking at some value in the second round. We capped a couple of the games ourselves, and we almost have um, a trigger for any any market in that region that we're going to pounce on. So. We can maybe discuss those after. The, the only tough thing is that it's it's going to be tough to do when you when you ten beers down at four thirty at three thirty <laughs> in the morning, and then you you're not thinking in the correct state of mind, and yeah, so it's it's yeah, not so, easy. Sounds a bit like my poker evening I played last night. I can tell you that I've been <laughs> a bit of a rough day today. But let's go on to the the last group of matches, and uh, some number punch will start up with you guys. Scotland up against the USA plus eleven and a half. And the second game I'll I'll just say is uh, New Zealand up against Wales, another big handicap at minus thirty three and a half. Yeah, so we saw um, Scotland USA at fourteen and a half uh, yesterday. Oh, sorry, when it came out maybe this morning. Um, and on that, I mean, Scotland have have a pretty decent team and they've been really improving a lot um, in in the first two tournaments. They've been up there in the restarts and uh, up there in uh, tackles and and line breaks and stuff like that. So. Um, they're definitely a team not to discount. Um, they've, they've covered a lot of caps and they've been they've been irritating and nuggety. But in saying that, uh, USA have got Josefo back. They've got Benton coming back. And I think these two guys will really bring some stability to USA side that, that really needed it. Um, they're still missing Falaniya, um, who is uh, an incredible playmaker. Um, 
Yeah, so at, at 11.5, we're probably interested in the minus. At 14.5, we were interested in the plus. Um, but I suppose these are the small intricacies of sevens. Yeah, it's another extremely well-set handicap from the bookmakers. 14.5 probably hits a nail on the head there. We would have pounced on a minus 11.5 with two scoring players. I think minus 11.5 is available now. Is minus 11.5 available now? Yeah, so it's probably something we would look. I think at minus 11.5, we, we're, we're on the minus cap. Yes, yes. And, and that's the thing with sevens. I mean, it can be those small margins, particularly given, you know, I know Sean often says as well, often the difference between six and a half and seven and a half, you know, with, it, with, with the fact that although South Africa can bang them over, you know, conversions are not scored quite as frequently maybe as they are in the 15-man game. So you're at the moment leaning on the 11 and a half there. And then the next game, well, it's a big one, another big one like the South Africa handicap, minus 33 and a half New Zealand. Yeah, no, it's 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 massive. It's extremely massive. When we capped the games ourselves, we thought it was going to come out at twenty six and a half. And chatting to Sean on Twitter, he said he would have pounced on that. Also gave us the reassurance with New Zealand at home, extremely well played side. One of my favourite players back, Karoy. I think he's an incredible playmaker, but he does um, new stab parted ways. So it's a player gone missing as well. Thirty three and a half. It's just it's one of those things that could end forty five, could end forty seven, and it's it's hit on the head again. Um, but Wales are playing horrific rugby at the moment and they haven't done much to change their squad either. I see Luke Rohan has even stepped down as captain. I don't know if he stepped down. He's not captain this week. So the Roach is captain and he'll captain uh, next weekend in Sydney. Um, but I don't know if that's a, a way of weaning him out. I mean, I thought he was about 35 and then I went and Googled him and he's only 29. Um, <laughs> although it seems like he's been there forever. Um, but that Wales team is, it's piss poor. So... If we had to choose, I'd go to the, the New Zealand minus, and we probably will take the New Zealand minus at home in good conditions on that new turf that's just been blessed, according to the New Zealand Herald. Um, so, yeah, I think the minus is probably the play. And, Sean, I mean, it's a lot of people have Googled my age thinking I'm in my 20s, and they're quite surprised to find out I'm not. <laughs> I was one of them, Prince. I was one of them. <laughs> we want to talk a little bit of European rugby, but let's wrap up the sevens then. Sean, I'll give you your final thoughts. Perhaps if you do have, I know we, I think you guys, it's actually incredible how I can see you guys have, have sort of done the same work and you're coming to the same conclusions that these lines have, have been well set. But if you had to pick a, a, probably you could say one that you'd back with the most confidence, Sean, in this first round of matches. Uh, we'll get to that now. Just on the what the guys have said, I agree with them on America. You know, at at, at that and. Oh, sorry, I asked you that. I apologise. Yeah. Yeah, I think the USA. I think that's just looking at the Scotland side. I don't see Fondal in there. I don't see uh, you know who else is also the Rydell's not there. They've got Ferguson. They've got Lowe. But other than that, they don't have not a great player. You know, it doesn't look like the you know like a fantastic Scotland side. They've got a Paddy Kelly's you know former under twenty player makes his debut. So there's nothing, you know, great with that. And then America, I mean, they were second last year, the USA. So they they're gonna have to, you know, they they have to do it. This they have to get out of the pool. They have to for the problem with this one now is if you're not in the cup semifinals, then you're not going to be seated in the top four, you know, in the next tournament. So you've it's it's just the USA are in a horrible place where they've got to do something drastic to get, you know, those seedings and get good pools and then obviously build on something and, and get to the heights they got last year. So I think they have to target this game massively and they got to this has got to be a statement game for them. So I think this is one of the best ones on day one, would be the the USA. And I see Brendan Vessels, the conductor, he's not on the show tonight. But he's uh, he's watching and he says USA surely the value. So agreeing with you there, Sean. Just quickly to, to touch on, I didn't realize that this format that we're having here for the Hamilton Sevens is this now the way going forward till the end of the the, the, the round? Well, the end of the no, series. 
they can't incorporate. So the men's and the women's are, you know, they the reason it's happening is so they're incorporating more women's series with the men's series. But I think that the Hamilton is is going to be one where it's like this, where there's only semifinals. And next week in Sydney is the same issue because of of the the women. But then the 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 following two, I think it's Vancouver and well, Vegas, and it's the Canada and yeah, Vancouver, Vancouver and LA. Those two are going to be normal, back to you know the usual sevens that we were used to last year. So it's just these two, and I think there's another two. Uh, London and Paris, if I'm you know, saying to be corrected, but there's only, you know, there's four tournaments left that are going to be like this. The others will be back to normal. So, yeah, but the, with these ones, it's going to, you know, the guys have got to go, especially if you're not a top-ranked side, like, you know, that's why I fancy the USA, because yeah, they're not the, the best in their pool, by, you know, in terms of the ranking. So they have to they have to fire. They have to come out, you know, all guns blazing. Hopefully, they they got New Zealand, they, you know, their second game. So they, they want to go into that knowing that if they can sneak a draw or keep it close or just do something, that they might have a chance. But, you know, they've, if they if they bomb out against Scotland first game, that's them done, basically. Yeah, interesting to see what the mindset is. Son of a pun, from you guys, uh, a little wrap-up of this first round of matches, best bet? It's tough to say. I think we in firm agreeing with the. I thought it was minus 14 and a half for USS. That's why I wasn't too sold on it. But at minus 11 and a half, it's, a, it's an absolute minus. Perry Baker, Colin Owls, um, that Scott don't have many fast players. So you know that the ball's going to be put down under the sticks and Madison Hughes is going to pop it over. So minus 11 and a half is probably my best bet then, agreeing with Sean. Yeah. And about yeah. Jordan. Well, I just have to consult the, the genie part over here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's he saying to me? What's he saying to me? I think the genie pot probably agrees on the minus 11, but um, what is the other one? Canada, I like it. Yeah, the, the, the Canada plus is probably also quite good. I like it. But as as we've said, there's been nothing that's really screamed at us um, as like a an outright mispricing. Um, but actually, Canada, I mean, Australia, USA at minus 11 is, is, is pretty good. Yeah, and also sad. It's and a Japan, just check the Japanese team selection. You know, if that's if you can recognize any of the players, yeah. then you know, then then back them against you know seven. I just can't see so they're going too big on that first game. I think they're going to be you know three wins and then get into the semi-final. Keep keep but you know but in the legs, but in the but in the tank. Yeah, the Japan seven team right. actually posted a photo of the team photo of the squad, but uh, I only know the name. <laughs> I can't really put a, a face to the name there, so. <laughs> Couldn't really identify whether it was a strong squad or a weak squad. Now, I saw that there's a there's a 22 year old Samoan that's made their side, so I mean that yeah. should be interesting. So let's see. I was going to say normally in a Japanese team you don't actually recognize many Japanese names either because particularly they're 15 <laughs> man. But but guys, you you I know I've seen on Twitter you you do play the total points markets in the sevens quite a lot as well. Now I'm, I mean I don't know if they're out yet the lines. I haven't had a look. I see there are quite a few markets out, but. Do you think this new pitch, I mean, are you looking for an edge to try and maybe take advantage of uh, perhaps the bookies early on here? Have you got any thoughts on points? Yeah, so, I mean, going back to my initial statement on the new pitch and the good weather for the weekend, I do. although Hamilton um, is usually the, the lowest scoring leg of the seven series on average over the last four seasons, um, I do think that this leg will be different. I think it will be a relatively high scoring uh, sevens uh, especially considering it's a more condensed tournament, fewer games, and that the team that comes second, you know, obviously benefits. You know, between, between that fifth and seventh position, there's a, there's a huge uh, difference. So obviously, you want to be getting as many points, especially if you're a best second. Um, so yeah, I do think there, there is going to be some value in the points. Um, we've had a look at some of the, the lines, and most of them are pretty high. Um, one that stands out potentially is Kenya, England at 35.5. 
Um, however, you can never rely on a Kenyan to convert a kick, even if he's in front of the poles. Um, so there you, you've got to rely on a decent number of tries in the match. Um, otherwise, they, they're all priced pretty high. They're closer to the 40-point mark than the 36-point mark, if, that, if we can say it like that. And there are a few outrageously high ones, like New Zealand Wales at 47.5. Um, so you could kind of, in my, in my head, I was thinking about maybe creating a middle line with like a New Zealand minus 33 or whatever's available and then a, an under 47.5 points. And then you kind of hope that New Zealand win the game 40 nil, or you can afford a, or if Wales um, score a try and then New Zealand don't win the cap, then at least you win one, lose one. Yeah, it sounds like something I've done in the past as well, guys. It doesn't end happily. I don't think you must do that. <laughs> but I hear you 100%. And, you know, once again, from what you're telling me, the bookies have done their homework here. The fact that they have priced up quite high on a tournament, which is traditionally low scoring, they've obviously done their homework on the pitch and stuff as well. Anyway, guys, we're going to have some great sevens. Just quickly before we talk a bit of Europe, anything on the ladies' game? Do you guys, son of a punt, follow the ladies' tournament at all? Chisa, uh, we actually haven't made. We had a look at the women's sevens in Cape Town and Dubai, but we've been traveling a bit here. Um, we were actually in Marrakesh last week. So we've, when we're in the desert, when we've been looking for signal, we've been focusing on the men's games. So we haven't actually put much research into the women's games, unfortunately. But I think I, I heard that the Oracle is an expert in it. So I'll be waiting, I'll be waiting for his <laughs> tips. <laughs> I think that's the reason the Oracle's gone into hiding. I'll never forget that first show we did where he told us what? Sean, you'll remember the game. England to beat Australia. He had the wrong yeah. yeah. 20, points. 20 points. I think he was 25 points wrong in terms of an entire swing. It was great. Um, but <laughs> well, I did see someone post on the... I'm sorry. I did see someone post on the forum that um, the women's only have three groups and that the team that comes best second will qualify for the Women's Cup semifinals. Um, so in saying that, it could be... I mean, you could be looking at a team... Uh, to try and like you really try and destroy the minnows um, in the women's sevens, but obviously it's not really something that I know too much about. And if people do post on the forum, I mean, I might look to follow if it makes logical sense. But um, yeah, we we don't we haven't really looked too much into the women's. Hmm. Well, I got to say, I hope we do have the Oracle back for Super Rugby because he's great value, even if, from an entertainment point of view. And when he does hit a run, well, he can he can put together some nice bets as well. Guys, let's talk a little bit about Europe. Uh, we don't have to spend too much time on it because I'm sure most of your focus is going to be on the sevens. But son of a pint, I'll start off with you guys. We've got the Pro 14 game between the, the Cheetahs and the Kings. So perhaps let's chat about that. Um, I haven't actually looked recently at the handicap. Did I see it was about eight and a half? Somewhere around there. Have you seen it? Yeah. Nine and a half. Yeah. And your thoughts on that one? Well, I think my thoughts with the cheetahs is, I mean, there's only, there's only ever one thought you can ever have with the cheetahs, and uh, that rhymes with Joseph Dweber, um, <laughs> and it rhymes with any time and first try scorer and double try scorer and hat trick try scorer. So um, no jokes, but I think Joseph Dweber any time will probably be my bet, just because I love the man. Kings, I saw they beat the Stormers last week, which was a, a shock. Um, although it looked like a s relatively second-string storm aside, except with uh, a couple spring box in the front row, which is a bit concerning. Um, maybe they had a bit of a, a long celebration, um, but they deserve it, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I won't be touching that handicap. I would, I mean, I would, Kings cover that handicap against the Cheetahs at home more often than not. It's just scary to bet on the Kings. That's a very good point. I mean, I think, Sean, I see you nodding there as well. I like the Kings. And I was actually, I've actually been quite impressed with them um, 
even though they, they were hammered the one game in Europe big time, but they were down to 14 men. Uh, and they actually played, it, it sounds ridiculous, but they played fairly well. And I haven't been impressed by the Cheetahs. So I like the Kings on the handicap. But I think that's actually a, a good statement is it's very nerve-wracking. to You know, you can't really go in on the Kings with any degree of confidence. Now the king going, you know, backing the kings is like going against New Zealand. You know, you might be in it for seventy nine minutes, but you know, you could be twenty points out in the last three minutes. They could just find, you know, they could do, they could do that. The kings defense could just fall asleep. They could do crazy things, incept, or they could do bizarre stuff. You know, so totally agree. That's a, that's a great statement. The kings, it's generally quite close between the sides. Local, you know, cheaters have had to travel. It's, ah, oh, uh, yeah. Watch this for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not you know, just if I, I you know might not even watch it, but I just I can't see yeah, with any confidence say back the Kings. I must say it's true what you guys say because I can't remember the last time I watched a game without actually having having <laughs> bet on it. It's uh, either, you either bet on it, you watch it, or you don't watch it <laughs> at all. Yeah, but there's, there's a few other games then taking place in Europe. Uh, son of a punt. Um, does anything catch your eye there? I mean, there's only the one Pro 14 game, but there's there's a few other things scattered around. Have you found any good bets? Uh, I, we kind of both enjoyed Bath at the wreck against Leicester, minus five and a half. Of course, Leicester have a ridiculous backline with Johnny May, George Ford and the likes, but Bath, I think the Fords will be able to dominate up front. And as much as the, the fans like to believe, the, the game is won in the forwards. So I think with Flo, sorry, and the other forwards dominating proceedings at the wreck, going to dominate a set piece. I think the minus five and a half could come through. At the end of the day, it's just two penalties. So if they're going to win, it's probably going to clear the cap. So I kind of enjoyed the minus five and a half. Elsewhere, looked at Bristol-Gloucester. I saw the cap was only minus two and a half. Bristol obviously need to bounce back. So kind of enjoyed the, the minus two and a half there for Bristol. And it's at home as well. So that was my two punts for the day, for the, for the premiership that I liked the most. Yeah, but in saying that, to be honest, we we haven't we haven't really seen team news, um, and we're not sure if the England internationals are going to be with the Six Nations squad or not. Um, yeah, or, already. Um, if they're not, then I also like Saints at home, um, the minus thirteen. As we say, Saints have cleared most of their caps, and we we back them to continue. Um, but yeah, I can't really say I've got a real feel for Exeter, Sale, or Worcester Wasps, especially Worcester Wasps. I've absolutely no idea. Um, I like Exeter. They're a savage side, particularly at home. But again, this depends on how many internationals they have in, uh, available this weekend, uh, which I actually don't know about. I think the England team, actually, I think they've gone. I think the England internationals are, you know, they've gone to the side. I think all of them except the Scots. Um, you know, so a lot of the English players, you know, Saints, uh, Saracens, especially that Saracens Harlequins will be an interesting game. You know, with mm -hmm. all the news with Saracens in the week or with relegation. Uh, I'm sure if I was a Quinns fan, I'd be singing, you know, to the way in the whole the whole game about how, you know, Saracens are going down. It'd be actually quite a fun day out. So I think that that's Harlequins have got to be, you know, they should win that just based on on where the two sides are. Brendan Vessel saying he thinks uh, Leicester's internationals are in camp. So that's that's green. Uh, and, and, and I also saw that the Scottish, I think it might even have been on the forum, I saw that the Scottish uh, guys might be available. But Sean, anything, anything for you then in Europe? I know you're all about the sevens this weekend. No, nothing for me. Eh? I can't say anything confidence. I think yeah, the, the America against Scotland, that's a, that's a cracker. Excellent. Well, Brendan Vessels, we know you love your European rugby. Perhaps just if you got a chance, post your best bet there in the comments now. But that brings us to the end of the show. I think you know Gary Lenton said on the previous show, a bit of a lull before the storm. Fortunately for you boys, it's not a lull because you love the seven so much. 
And uh, no doubt you'll be uh, late nights watching that. But next week is going to be absolutely huge when we've got Super Rugby, uh, Six Nations. I mean, then let's even talk other sports. The, the Sun Met, we've got all, all sorts of sport going on next week. So, son of a punt, let me just ask you uh, uh, closing thoughts on the, on the Super Rugby. Any long-term bets that you've got involved with yet? No, uh, we haven't got any involved in any Super Rugby yet. We've actually been watching the show and seen Heinrich's comments and the other other boys there. So we're going to probably follow a couple of their punts. Um, I think they had some good points and analyzed the squads extremely well. So we kind of put our focus into the sevens mainly because we had limited time this weekend. And just to touch on this, we actually haven't had, apart from the USA, too much value to to add or like to pounce on. So looking forward to the Oaks that are going to stay awake for the second round of matches and when the caps come available, we capped three games that could potentially be good to pounce on. First of all, okay. SA, SA versus England. We're hoping the cap will come around at 9, 10 or 11 and a half, minus 9, 10 or 11 and a half, which we would get all over. Um, that would probably be one of our favorite bets for the yeah, round on the, on the minus for the Blitzwalker. Um, and then the second game would obviously be the Fiji versus Australia. Australia tend to always make their hits against Fiji, good defense. So if that cap, cap, cap comes out of over 10, so probably 12 and above, we'll take the Australia plus maybe even at the 11. I think that's great value there as well. And then lastly, with Scotland versus Wales, depending on what the cap comes out there, as we said, Wales are useless. Scotland actually do have two great players. I can't pronounce his surname, but one, Sam Paco, and the other one, I can't pronounce his first name. It's Femi something or other. So <laughs> it's two sprinters that and can McFarlane. and McFarlane. So it's two sprinters that can really do the job there. So if the Scotland Wales comes out of two scoring players, so around nine or ten, we'd be on that as well. So I think the real value for the sevens actually lands in this in the second round of matches, and that's where we're going to be investing the majority of our money, I think. And Sean, you listening to their caps there, their cap predictions? Yeah, I'll just go through the uh, expecting it? Just looking at the first one, uh, what was it, South Africa, England. Um, the average handicap is about being minus six and a half to South Africa, which would be which would be great. Uh, but the last one was minus nine and a half. So I think they would, you know, depending on those first games, depending on how I personally think Kenya are going to beat England in the first match. So I think that you might get a, a minus 12 and a half, minus 14 and a half on that even, you know, just depending on, on how things go. I think England are going to be blown off the first game. Um, personally and then the next one was Fiji Australia I agree with that totally that's a you know the average is normally about ten and a half there the last one was seven and a half but depending on how you know you just don't know how they're going to price up based on Fiji Samoa if it goes to a tight game which you know we're expecting then you know hopefully it's a you know it's almost a, a contradiction there because you want the bigger plus for Australia but you want you know Samoa to keep it tight so it's a, it's a tough one so if Fiji blows Samoa out the water then you might get a, a good handicap on Australia and then the last one, totally agree. If that's minus, I'd even say minus 11 and a half on, on Scotland Wales, I'd, I'd look at that. So the, the last result was what, 33 7 to Scotland. They they seem to have Wales' number. You know, average score, they beat them by 12 points. So, yeah, that's, I, I, I think that's one of the better ones. If that's a single digit, you know, then what's that? That's at a decent time. So, therefore, that's nine o'clock. So, you know, wake up while you're having your cornflakes, just check it. That's under 10 and then strike that. There's one other that actually stands out for me. Sorry, just just to mention it, it's the Argentina Samoa. So based on the current um, odds on who's going to win the pool, Argentina are actually last favourites, which I was shocked and disturbed by. Um, so they're at about 21, and Samoa like let's say 16. So if I can get Argentina plus three against Samoa and Argentina at odds of 2.8 or something like that against Samoa, 
um, best believe I will be, uh, yeah, lumping heavily into that. Yeah, that's it a, seems like, a one, eh? According to according to the odds, it looks like Argentina will be underdogs. Now I would make Argentina if if I had to price that up now, I'd say minus seven and a half Argentina. You know, just agree. off the yeah, bat. So if you but get anything, totally the, good. The, the pool winners, uh, and you see Argentina are the the least favourite. So I mean, based on that, it looks like it might price up like that. So if it does, yeah. then it's a gift. If not, I don't know. We can hope. I just see Brendan's uh, on Quadzilla. Unfortunately, I don't think he's made the Australian team. Eh? I don't know if the guys will just check. I haven't seen his his name with the Aussie side. So I think he went in and out of that team as you know faster than than <laughs> under ten seconds. So that didn't last long. Yeah. Also, I haven't seen his name on the team sheet. He was uh, pretty non-existent in both legs that he took part in. Just his two legs that he's got on his body. <laughs> Excellent guy. Yeah, I must say that I heard all the hype about him, but I don't think I actually saw him play in the first two first two matches. I didn't watch all of it there. But thanks a lot, guys. Uh, some interesting bets coming up this weekend. We are looking forward, of course, to next weekend as well. But good on you. Uh, just to mention your your Twitter handle there, son of a punt, where the guys can follow you. It's yes. son. It's son underscore of son underscore a underscore punt. Am I right? Yes. Excellent. Yeah. You can look out for that. And uh, Sean Nicholas, at Sean Nicholas, a nice easy one. But you've also got an underscore in your name there, Sean. Do I? Yeah, I started the underscore. You know, I made it popular now. These guys yeah, are trying to... You made it fashionable. <laughs> Excellent, guys. Thanks very much. Thanks. I just quickly want to... I must bring up this live comment because Brendan O'Connell joining us in the live chat. He's probably in Dubai at the moment. Uh, he flies around the world all the time, a pilot. So good to have you on the show, Brendan. And thanks a lot for the guys in the live chat for watching. Thanks to Sean. Thanks to Son of a Punt. Guys, it's been great. Hope you make lots of money and uh, look forward to following you throughout the Hamilton Sevens. Thanks. Cheers. Thank Cheers, you. Guys.